Welcome to CS Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 171 of CS Radio. I'm Jay Michael DeAngelis. And I'm Natty Leach. And Natty, the hits just keep coming here on CS Radio. Bam. We uh, mentioned uh, last week when we were talking with our new colleague, Laura, that she is one of uh, a slew of new folks that have come to career services here at the end of the semester. And we're really happy and excited to have two of them in the studio with us today. Yeah, we have uh, Sydney and Ella. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you for Warm having welcome. us. Warm welcome. So uh, I wonder if you could both uh, introduce yourself and tell us what your, uh, you have a common role. So maybe talk a little bit about um, your, your new title and then we'll, um, we'll find out a little bit more about both of you. So I'm Sydney and I'm a coordinator of communications and events and um, that's what Ella is too. We're, <laughs> <laughs> We're in it together. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I'm Ella. I started as the admin coordinator uh, for communication and events uh, for the undergrad team. Um, I most recently uh, came from the Council on International Educational Exchange, um, also known as CIEE. Um, and there I spent about 10 years working as a project manager, um, focused on international exchange, specifically with the summer work travel visa, um, a job that I loved um, and um, was sad to see to see it go. I mean, we could talk a little bit about my experience uh, later on if you want, about what it's like to get you know, laid off and stuff. But, um, but no, it was a, a nice pause in my career break and I'm super excited to be back uh, working with university students in a, in a university setting. And we, we talked last week about how Penn has way too many acronyms, but it sounds like you're used to having acronyms C-I-E-E yes. already. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Natty, I'm going to actually maybe invite you to jump in a bit here too, since you're supervising these new roles. These are this is a, a reimagined uh, coordinator role from what we've had in the past. So I'd love everybody to chime in. I think it's it's new and it's 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 a little bit undefined. Um, but what we imagine these new coordinator roles will will look like and and how they might be interacting with the listeners in our audience soon. Yeah, and one of the the big differences is we've always been. Our office in general is structured by college and college team here at the university. Um, so we have, I'm on the Wharton team. Um, I used to be on the College of Arts and Sciences team. There's the engineering team. Um, despite those divisions, we do pretty much everything together. I mean, there are a few things that will be act as liaisons to the schools or we might do a specialized event here and there um, just for a certain population. But by and large, we really serve all undergraduates here at Penn. Um, so because of that, we really wanted to reimagine these roles not being tied to be just for the Wharton team, but for all undergraduate students because a huge part of the um, a huge part of their job and the work that they do is really focused on the communications and events that go into um, all the things that we make available for undergraduate students, largely our big career fairs, um, both in the fall and spring semester, but as well as like the workshops that we have, communicating with students, let them know about these things that are coming up or let them know about different initiatives that our office is doing that supports all Penn um, undergraduate students. So it really is a good way to, to be as inclusive as possible across those teams. Um, Ella and Sydney both sat in on the Wharton team meeting earlier this week um, for the first time. So being able to see how each of our teams do things maybe individually where that happens where there's some just, oh, here's a workshop that we're doing specially just for Wharton student life, or here's one that's going just for college students, um, and finding the overlap where we can make sure that things are also available to all Penn students. 
I listened to the previous podcast, see what you guys were all about. So um, yeah, part of what Laura shared was her journey as a student athlete, and that really resonated. And you know, I think looking back at my own career, I think what has always attracted me to various positions in various companies is what they have to offer in terms of a team and collaboration. Um, I really work best and shine when there's clear expectation setting, um, and when people have you know a highly collaborative um, way about them. And I I'm super excited to be here. For sure. So for me, I am a recent graduate of Rowan University. I just graduated in May. So um, this is a very new experience. And when I was a junior at Rowan, um, I basically started at Penn and I was in the Provost Administrative Affairs office. And I was specifically doing HR. So I was doing a little bit of everything. And um, and then after that is when I came here, and I'm really, really excited to join the team. Um, it's it's really refreshing to see all of these everybody being so like happy in their role, and everybody's so nice and sweet, and it's just a really good place to be. Wait, so you were working here at Penn as a junior? Is that what you just said? I didn't realize that. Yes. Yeah. Hey, that's, wow. That's when I started. How did you like? What led you to think? Oh, I'll work for HR at Penn, like especially. Um, Being at another institution at the same time. It all happened through a family friend. That's basically how it all started. Just networking and having those connections, that's really what got me started here. And once I started, it kind of opened my eyes to this whole new world, and I really, really liked it. So you've been making the rounds through... A bunch of well, really, we've been giving you a lot of free lunch. I feel like lately, it's been yes. It's a good time of year to start because the free lunches are bountiful. On top of all the free lunches you get as a new employee, anyway. I know. I feel like we're being spoiled a little bit. It's kind of nice. <laughs> very very the- nice. And I think it's nice too. I mean, I'll add from a professional standpoint, like just the learning curve for working at a university. I mean, it's you know, previous orgs December is can be a little slower and it's time to like you know really um i guess dive into how the team collaborates like online and how they share documents and how they communicate with each other and then also just what it's like you know being at a university so there's time at this at this time of year to um take that in without being overwhelmed with also uh, you know a ton of tasks that i know are on the horizon yeah for sure it's a good time of year everyone's in in uh that the mid mid holiday mode between Thanksgiving and uh, the winter holiday and New Year's, um, and that's true at many organizations, <laughs> not just in higher ed. That it's hard to get things done or hard to move forward because people are on vacation or people are taking some time off. So a lot of times things will go a little bit slower almost anywhere. So I would love to talk because you are are both coming to this role from very different. Uh, places Sydney you just graduated so you you've uh, were doing a, a job search uh, you know <laughs> as, as you graduated and Ellie you just mentioned that you uh, lost your job and mm-hmm. had to had to come back into into the workplace so I'd mm-hmm. love to kind of compare and contrast those two um, those two searches so uh, <clears throat> Sydney you already had some experience uh, because you were working with Penn HR when you were still in college so were you like did that make Penn sort of high up on on your list uh, post-graduation? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I definitely had my eyes on, predominantly on Penn. And I was just scouring the the job sites like all the time and just looking for something that would be perfect for me. And I'm lucky that I found it. 
Was there anything you learned from working with HR that stood out like, oh, this will help me for when I'm applying to things? Like, oh, I didn't really think about this, but now that I see it from the HR perspective, I can see why it's so important now. A lot of um, interview skills and reviewing resumes. That was was a big wake-up call for me to see what were um, things that employers specifically looked for and things that you might not want to mention, things that might that you might want to emphasize um, in your resume and while you're interviewing and going through the whole um, job search process that really opened my eyes to basically the broader spectrum of um, all of that. So that was really uh, helpful. And so Ella, do you want to talk a little bit about your own journey? Yeah. Um, gosh, I will date myself. I'm definitely, I've, I've done quite a bit in my career. I've, I've um, dipped my toes in publishing back in the day. I worked for Condé Nast. Um, my first job out of college, I decided to, you know, sort of um, lean into my athletic background. And I lived and worked abroad as a coach, a lacrosse coach. Um, and then, you know, after getting a taste of Connie Nass and, and publishing, I thought, you know, the nonprofit education world might be better suited for my personality. I think slowly but surely I've come to realize that I look for places to work that sort of, I don't emphasize my core values. Like, I really want to be in a place that, uh, as like cliche as it sounds, but like advances the greater good or is just, you know, doing doing the hard work to create, as we used to say, the next generation of leaders. And then, you know, I landed at my uh, most recent role at CIEE um, and really fell in love with it. I think anyone that has a passion for international work, international travel, if you ever land it like a study abroad provider or, um, you know, a visa sponsor, it was just a fascinating world to um, open my eyes to. And again, full of exciting adventures and was, you know, well-suited for that time of my life. Um, and also something I became super passionate about that I never knew in college, that I never even studied something like, you know, um, uh, international exchange. I never even studied abroad, to be honest. I worked abroad, but I had never studied abroad myself. So, um, yeah, it was it was incredible and something that I, I would have never dreamed of back in you know, my days at Lehigh. Um, so I think a lesson for me was just always um, being willing to pivot and being optimistic. Um, you know, the job search itself was uh, intimidating. Um, and um, But I knew higher ed and I knew something in my own backyard was going to be a good fit. So happy to be here. And a few, some, uh, earlier in the semester, we talked about values and how important those are in the mm-hmm. job search. Um, we talk about pivoting pretty often because so often students think, oh, I'm only qualified or I've only done these things, so I have to continue down this route. Mm-hmm. But realizing that you can pivot pretty much at any time. Um, and those values are so hard to know. Like, so I think it's an interesting reflection for you in how you moved through your career once you realized and kind of held those values closer as you got to see different things. Um, and that helped you transition into a, a role that you're still new in, but hopefully it helps resonate with those values that you have um, inherent. Totally, totally. And I think day to day, like, that is really what drives me. And it's just being around, you know, good people willing to work hard and, you know, and show up and and also be kind. And it's been it's been really helpful for me to find out what I what I wanted at the end of the day. And I had a conversation with a student earlier this week, but it was pretty common. I've had this conversation with people before 
Um, and I, I think I was just mentioning in passing the idea that, you know, some of the fields that Penn students are most interested in, um, they will work you extremely hard. And that may yeah. not always align with some of the other values you mm -hmm. have, whether that means that you still want to have time for family and friends and that work-life balance. Um, and the student's response, and I've heard this many times, is, well, I'm young, I can work really hard. Um, and that might be true, but there's also the burnout factor. And even in a job that might work, be hard work, you might be still working a lot. When you have the values align with that, it makes it a lot easier to, to keep on going and, and really find that value within the work that you do that energizes you in a, an important way. Yeah, this is actually, it's been almost the the theme, theme of, of, the of the podcast yeah. this semester oh. because we we did we did a whole episode just about values but we also talked about um avoiding toxic job postings and discovering mm -hmm. what might be right for you and and pivoting so this is uh, i think forefront of people's minds i think it's very much on the minds of uh young college graduates who went through the pandemic and really got to assess what was important to them mm -hmm. and realize that there are options out there and um we had a very interesting discussion at staff meeting this morning about a certain monolithic corporation who's going to start insisting everyone's working five days a week on site, including their new hires, and trying to pressure their peers in the industry to do the same because they know that they will lose really good young candidates who will be drawn to someone who allows for a more flexible workplace. So I think we're about to see, or we're, we're already seeing sort of a, a culture clash between the employer and the employees and who has the real power there. Yeah, I mean, forever was uh, just be happy to have a job kind yeah. of mm -hmm. philosophy for a long time. But um, I mean, there's so much more to it now. And, and there's so many employers, jobs, companies out there that you really can afford to say, no, this is who I want to work for. This is what um, I value and respect the most out of what the mission or um, or drive of this employer has. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, Sydney, in your interview, it stood out like your your compassion stood out a lot, especially I think at some point we brought up animals or animals came up <laughs> in some way because you used to volunteer. Right. Um, and even though it wasn't immediately just like, oh, this is just about students, we could see how your compassion was such a good fit for our office and how we how we see our interactions with students going, even though you were talking about animals, um, it really set out that, that side of you. Right. Similar to Ella, I think a lot of um, my values translated into why this job was so interesting to me because um, I've always valued ha um, helping people and helping animals. That's kind of my thing. So, um, and being in a school environment too was also very attractive to me. So this was really like the perfect role. And I was looking at other positions um, at other companies too, but they did not compare to this position and this school. So it was a really, it was a no brainer really. Um, Cause it really aligned again, like with my values of just being there to help people and being in a positive and happy environment. And um, yeah, so for the, I'm really lucky. And I made sure in your first week that uh, when you were talking to Jackie to mention something about horses because I knew that she oh my goodness she she was volunteering um, with the horses um, in Delaware I guess um, so yeah um, Penn does have a, a lovely horse uh, hospital but it's it's like an hour away oh I didn't sad, know that sad, oh yeah 
it's um so they don't go to pen vet pen vets more of the smaller animals uh no so uh they have a large animal farm it's out past it's out in montgomery county like Mm. out past westchester um and uh, they quite famously uh tended to um i'm gonna blank on which one it was because i don't it's not my area of expertise. Sea biscuit. Yeah. W- well, mm. one of the big Kentucky Derby yeah. racers uh, was injured. Hi, oh my. And and I almost said that, but I know that's not it. <laughs> uh, was uh, was uh, that's from the Supreme. Was brought back to brought brought back to health at the uh, at the uh, Penn Stables at the Large Animal Hospital. It's a beautiful. I've actually been there. It's a beautiful piece of land, but it is not exactly on campus. But mm-hmm. lots of lots of doggos walking around campus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, we're right. For our listeners who don't know, we're right by the uh, the vet hospital, and I often, when I walk home that way, I often see dogs being taken out for their their evening stroll. And just today, there's a fairly small patch of grass outside of our. Yeah, office. it was quite a little dog party out there at lunch. Yeah, they were playing, mm-hmm. and there was the one dog that we were seeing almost every day when we were oh, coming yeah. back. Oh yeah, the, um, the 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 one that was being trained. Yes, like perfectly going right to the edge of where the the grass was, and would wait for the the instructor. What do you call it? the trainer to uh, to give the following command after that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week I saw um, a big puppy play date, and it really brightened my day. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. We'll do that in the future too, because so we've done events like that. Tina did one last. Yeah, la- I thought semester. there was there was palpable disappointment in Stephanie today that yes. this year's study break is just uh, hot chocolate and cookies and no puppies. We'll bring the puppies back another time. We also had goats one time. We had goats. <gasps> we had goats last semester. What? Yeah, we did a, a study break with the LGBT center, and uh, they brought goats. They have uh, they have a large patio area, so. This they great can have picture goats. of the goats walking across people's backs. I was going to say oh, the yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. It's called the Philadelphia Goat Project. They kind of show up across campus. They do a lot more, on campus. Pretty often. There was, I think you were here for this, there was the Piglet Parade one year as a study no. break. Yeah. Yeah. Oh they wow. they know what, what, what everybody wants. They want cute animals yeah. <laughs> at, at finals time. So. I don't remember the piglets, but I remember the, the goats. There was a on, goat parade. They said yeah. goats on parade. Yeah. And I remember thinking... I saw them go by our office, and then like three hours later, they had gotten like four extra steps past <laughs> because they were just kind of like roaming around, grabbing little bites to to Aww. eat along the way. Like they were very slow moving. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Well, not not to turn our conversation away from cute animals, but um, Sydney, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the differences you've seen so far in working in career services than in Penn HR. I mean, I would think first and foremost, the, the difference of being student facing as opposed to, um, you know, hi, hi, the, the hiring office, the, the public facing, if you will, uh, side of, of Penn. And people people confuse us all the time. So yes. what stands out as the, either maybe the similarities, but also the, some of the differences. Um, so in terms of the differences, I mean, our office is definitely a lot smaller. And there wasn't as much outside interaction. You kind of just stick to your office and that's kind of your day. Um, And it was a lot of just internal work. Whereas here it's, you know, we're walking around campus. It's a lot more social and um, there's a lot more interaction that goes into it. Um, But similarities... I don't know. There could be none. There could be none. There may be none. There, there you know, we, we do... Related, but very different work. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and at face value, sometimes it sounds the same. I mean, we get calls all the time uh, mm-hmm. at the front desk. People are like, I'm, I, I applied for a job. Tell me more. Like, yeah. why well, haven't heard back? I mean, like, random, hu- so. uh, human resources, at least from our perspective, maybe, Sydney, you can fill us in if it's different, but sort of very difficult to reach. And so a lot of people end up reaching out to us because they Google pen careers and they get us up? and they want information about a job or they want status and or they made a mistake and like well there's this phone number someone in the front was waiting on business cards as i came over oh they're like i'm here for business cards and i said whose and they looked at me like i was crazy and said mine <laughs> not mine theirs the person's right. like i don't have your business cards <laughs> i'm gonna guess that they were for across the hall they were. yeah because the mba students get yes. business cards yeah we, oh, we, nice. we, we figured it out <laughs> that's funny so ella what kind of um I assume that you did some student-facing work in your previous career. So what kind of interactions did you have with students? I did. I, yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, I was sharing with Natty the other day. It was it's kind of like going to a career fair, you know, most recently that we visited and observed last week. Um, I specifically worked for a program that was overseen by the State Department that allowed international university students to live and work in the U.S., um, so in terms of student-facing, two big categories. One was actually traveling to their home countries and, you know, going to meet them essentially at like a, a hiring fair, a job fair. So thousands of students would show up in Istanbul and, you know, we'd set up shop and we'd be there for 10 hours a day. And, you know, the jobs we were inter- interviewing them for were um, – it's in our world it was called unskilled labor but that's essentially you know in my world i wouldn't say it was not not unskilled labor but it was uh you know restaurant work resort workers um boardwalk uh you know mom and pop shops on the boardwalk um so they were filling that seasonal role that uh you know employers around the jersey shore and myrtle beach um, need to drive business. So, you know, my my first and foremost, that was a big part of my student-facing work. And then the other part was actually once they were in their home country, or sorry, once they were in the U.S., we wanted to be more intentional with the cultural programming. Um, so a large part of the um, the the exchange was work, but another part was the cultural component. What are they getting out of their experiences here in the U.S.? So we... Um, along with a small team, would organize a leadership summit in D.C., and we'd um, come up with a curriculum that was focused on uh, leadership, social entrepreneurship, uh, cultural understanding. And so I got to, I mean, it was amazing, but I got to recruit or promote the the opportunity to all 20,000 students and then select about 50 students to join us in D.C. So it was pretty competitive. And then they got to travel to D.C., which was a first for many. They got to meet with other students who were just as passionate about social impact in their home country. Um, And um, it was a couple of days. We gave them a tour of D.C. We gave them a taste of a couple of NGOs that we partnered with. So, you know, the the front-facing work with the students was definitely what all of my colleagues loved the most about the job. I think anytime you can get in front of, you know, in any career, sort of the direct contact with the primary stakeholder, like the client or the student, that's what really energizes you and kind of gives you your why. 
Um, so I, yeah, I, I loved it. It was, it was really amazing. And I think, you know, as I'm here in Penn, um, I love, I know there's a big international student population, but there's also domestic students as well. So seeing how a university operates, you know, here in, in the U.S. will definitely be eye-opening for me. There'll be similarities, but there'll definitely be differences, d definitely differences for sure. You know, especially coming from countries where I would visit, um, where university life was definitely much different than kind of what we in the U.S. experience if we choose to go to a, a university here. So we, we have lots of international students and we have lots of Penn students who are interested in working internationally as well. It comes up all the time in the conversations that we have. So we have uh, two questions that we always end our new staff interviews with. So I'll, I'll ask you both. Uh, question one. Um, uh, Aside from career services, what would your dream job be? Shoot for the moon. Could be anything. Oh, I so I I always I'm really like stuck on core memories. I don't know why. I just feel like this keeps coming back. Maybe it, you know I'm just a little bit older. I've got two kids at home, but I was thinking like dream job when I was little. I was determined. I thought it was like so possible that I'd become a professional tennis player. I wanted to be like the Martina and the. Um, and I told my language arts teacher, and she said, all of you are going to tell me that you want to be professional athletes. She's like, none of you are going to be professional athletes. <laughs> wow, dream crusher. And it was, it, it hurt my little heart, but I, but, you know, I still hung on to that, and there was other ways to pivot and spin, you know, that, that passion that I had for sports. So, you know, dream job, definitely a professional athlete. I, I, I wish and hope. It's it's not too late, I think. Definitely It's not. a great dream job. And I was working, We I did a program with athletics, and one of the things that they said was, we know that 99% of you are going to go pro in something that's not sports. Yeah, I love so that. It is so <laughs> it is so common. So yeah. even if it felt like a, a dream crush, I'm sure there was some at least good intent there from yes. that person. For me, I my dream job would have to be um, a farmer. <laughs> Because I love the idea of just having just a big plot of land and having your animals and growing your food and having just kind of your own space. And it's very, like, relaxing. And I don't know if you guys have watched Yellowstone. Yes. Um, not something that intense. That's on another level. But just something, like, on a smaller um, scale and just having my, like, people help out. And it just, like, that just is something that I've always wanted to experience. Are you a morning person? No, which is, <laughs> which doesn't really make you gotta sense. Got to work on that. Yes, I would say that's the one thing that could never let me be a farmer is mm -hmm. that I go to bed at four, wake up at noon most most day. I mean, not when I'm working here. Obviously. Be a night farmer. I did go to a bed at three a.m. last night, but I was still here at at nine. Oh man. Um, and our our final question: If you were going to have your own podcast, what would it be about? Hmm. Probably animals. <laughs> nice. I would say two things. I, I'm a parent. I mean, that there's never-ending parenting advice, but I think it's always nice to listen to other people in the same position as you are. So, you know, maybe that. But I would say I would love to be a fly on the wall during the Smartless podcast. I mm -hmm. don't know if you guys know mm -hmm. that, but I find it hilarious, and it's, like, easygoing listening. So... Um, something something in between, maybe like a parenting smartless hybrid. I think there's room for that. Yeah, yeah I can okay. see that working. <laughs> and for the animal podcast, would it be more 
like animal stories or more animal facts or a um, combination? A little bit of everything, I feel like. Animal stories, what's going viral, funny videos, maybe some more serious things. Um, animals for adoption, you know, covering all of the all of the areas. Nice. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. We're so excited to have you to to be able for you to ease into the position here at the end of the semester so that we can hit the ground running in the spring and we hope that you'll both come back on the show again thank, thank you for yeah. having us thanks well this is the pen ultimate episode 2022 we'll be back next week with one last episode and then we'll be taking a short winter hiatus and we'll be back in january but we will be back next week what we hope is going to be a really fun episode if we can get it all together let's let's do our best natty and while natty and i work on that we'll see you next time on cs radio This podcast is presented by University of Pennsylvania Career Services, a division of University Life. It was created by Milan Kirshner and J. Michael DeAngelis. It was produced and hosted by J. Michael DeAngelis and Natty Leach and mixed and edited by Sam Pasco. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you're listening. See you next time on CS Radio.